재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵. Well, for decades, the use of ozone-destroying chemicals have threatened to expose the global population to the harmful effects of unshielded UV radiation. But thanks to the efforts of the global community, the Earth's ozone layer is showing signs of strong recovery. And to help us more, we're very pleased to have joining us from the Open University in the UK, molecular physics professor Nigel Mason. Hello. Hello. Professor Mason, thank you so much for joining us. First, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, can you tell us in more detail uh, about the recent evidence that the ozone layer in the Antarctic may actually be healing itself and how these changes were observed? Yes, uh, the ozone uh, hole appears normally in the Antarctic spring because it's led by the chemistry of the sunlight coming up over the Antarctic uh, during the uh, spring. So every year in this sort of period, we look to see how low ozone levels go, and that gives us a measure of whether the ozone hole is expanding or decreasing. Just in the uh, recent period, we are now seeing for the first time that over the last winter, uh, the levels of ozone did not go to the low levels that we have seen previously. Therefore, we believe that sort of potentially some of the worst effects of the CFC compounds is over. The science tells us, exactly predicts this, that once we start to remove those chemicals from the atmosphere, uh, they will be less stored in the Antarctic atmosphere, and therefore we would expect the hole to gradually recover. It certainly is good news. Um, Can we credit this recovery to the the successful implementation of the the Montreal Protocol, which did ban the emission of these ozone-depleting substances, as well as other emissions? Yes, absolutely. And indeed, it is a a historic moment because this is the first time in the history of the planet that the world came together. It found a scientific problem, the ozone hole. It came up with a way of tackling it, which in this case was removing these chemical compounds from being used. We have done that. And the uh, success of that is now being seen on the global scale with the Arctic and Antarctic ozone holes beginning to recover. It does seem like one bit of good news in what otherwise does seem to be a very dire outlook for uh, for the planet, especially when people are so concerned with climate change. Can we take this as a positive step that um, perhaps reversing or at least slowing down the effects of climate change is feasible? Or is this really more of an apples to oranges comparison? No, there are actually very good similarities between the two. Uh, What we... Uh, take from this is, first of all, that a good understanding of the science leads us to understand what the problem is. We then come up with a scientific-based solution. And then, of course, the more difficult part is getting the uh, political uh, will to do it. In the case of the ozone hole, it is slightly different from, for example, in global warming. The chemicals that were causing the effect on the ozone hole um, were highly uh, limited. Their, their, their effects and their need to use them, particularly in sort of fire extinguishers and refrigerators, um, those chemicals only appeared in the 1940s and 1950s. It was therefore easier to decide technology-wise that we could find a substitute for these, a, a substitute that would enable um, new compounds to be used to do exactly the same job but wouldn't have this effect. The difficulty with global warming, which, as you correctly state, is one of the major problems, is that it's much more related to more complicated problems, like the expanding population, the more technology advancement of society, Mm. and the use of fuels. It is far easier to think of simple solutions to those replacements 
that we had in the case of the Montreal Protocol. Nonetheless, uh, it is uh, the first time in the history of humanity that the world has come together to solve a problem on a global scale. And the fact that we've actually managed to do that, to do it in a relatively short period of time, the ozone hole was only discovered in the 1980s, the protocol came in force within 10 years, and we're seeing the healing only sort of, you know, 20 years later. I think that is a major achievement for humanity. Right, and if we focus once again on the ozone recovery, Professor, what are some of the wide-ranging implications on humans, uh, plant and animal life as far as the recovery and its continued progress? Well, the main uh, effects of the ozone hole um, tend to be on uh, the ecology and so on in Antarctica. Mm. The ozone hole doesn't uh, extend over many areas of where people live. It does have effects in Australia and New Zealand. We know, for example, that if the ozone hole is passing over some of those areas at the very early stage when crops are just coming through, um, a burst of ultraviolet light uh, on very young saplings uh, and very young plants may affect their growth and therefore affect crop yields. Those things should start to retard now, and we shouldn't need to worry too much about that. Um, the effects on some of the flora and fauna in Antarctica, particularly in the oceans, again, uh, we weren't particularly worried about uh, that in the same way as we'd be worried about the effect of changing temperatures um, from global warming. Nonetheless, those sort of problems will now gradually recede. It should be stated, however, that we are, that, that this is early days. We're seeing the, the hole close. We expected it. The, the, the chemistry um, is robust. We, we knew that basically as these CFCs would be removed from the atmosphere because they, they have a lifetime of about this sort of period, 20, 30 years, uh, we're expecting at the moment the forecast would be that the uh, hole would, would heal by about uh, 2050. So, so we've still got, you know, uh, some time uh, before, we, before it heals. There can be statistical fluctuations. Um, we had a very bad ozone hole in uh, 2015, but that was because of the natural effect. If we have volcanic eruptions, we throw up some of these compounds into the atmosphere yeah. and they kind of can, they can uh, induce uh, further change in the ozone hole. So we're not there. We're not there yet. The Arctic ozone hole, um, which is perhaps more serious in terms of its effects on life and flora, because uh, there's more uh, people and there's more uh, plants and animals and so on affected by that. Um, that is also expected to to to, to gradually um, gradually heal too. It was a little bit later in being seen, and because of its uh, effects on the upper latitudes, we would expect that uh, some effects of that to still be important for the next twenty or thirty years. What is the uh, time frame, I, I suppose, in an optimistic sense of where we can say that, uh, well, the worst is over and uh, uh, most of what we were trying to accomplish has been accomplished as far as ozone recovery is concerned? Uh, as I said, uh, probably we're looking now at a forecast uh, to about 2050. Uh, okay. By about 2050, the last uh, major fluorocarbon releases uh, around the time of the introduction of the Montreal Protocol will start to be, uh, we will we'll have left the atmosphere. Um, we still have to be careful. Uh, we may, of course, introduce new compounds, uh, new technology compounds, which might have an, have an effect on the ozone. Although new compounds uh, are tested for this now, they're tested for something called the ozone depletion potential, where we try to avoid mm. introducing any new type of technology compounds which might, which might induce it. Right. Um, 
we will look over the next few winters, uh, the forthcoming winter, and we will monitor the uh, the ozone hole regularly. Um, and hopefully, what we will see is over the next five or ten years, this the, the, the trend for the uh, ozone hole being smaller okay. and smaller each year will occur. Well, we thank you for your time and helping us understand this bit of good news, Professor Mason. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Professor Nigel Mason from the Open University, Soul City News, up next.